Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this segment, estate and trust planning specialist, Sherry McMillan notes that one of the biggest misconceptions about estate planning is that a will is good enough. She's in conversation with Peter Watts. People will come into our office frequently and say, I wrote a will, and if they were fortunate enough to write it in the last decade, that's really modern. Um, But what they don't understand about a will is most of us, if we have a seven-figure estate, we've outgrown a will. Uh, We have assets that are much more complex than what a will could wrap around. And in addition, uh, we have more complex family dynamics often to wrap around, things like blended family, things like illness, addiction. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we truly face as families. So what I always say to a family, the first thing to understand about a will is a will is a very historical mechanism to transfer your wealth. It's a public way to transfer assets to family through the court system. Now, if you don't want to do it that way, there are alternatives. And the second thing to know about this is it is not a tax plan. And so many people think, well, a lawyer drafted it, so it must have some validity. Well, a lawyer, as wonderful as they all are, is not an accountant. And so what does happen often is just the legal attachment of where the assets will go. The distribution of those assets is thought through, but certainly not a tax plan. And so unfortunately, many people are left with their hand in the cookie jar when it comes to the CRA or IRS um, and are paying undue taxes that just with good planning, they could have mitigated. And so I always encourage families, first, we build your tax plan. And then secondarily, we build the legal plan to support the tax plan. And often a will is not actually the mechanism that we end up selecting because of the tax plan and the need for the family to have their wishes met in a very private, succinct way. And this is becoming really much more prevalent, I would suggest, Peter, that people want privacy about their estate and their wishes. They don't want, you know, everybody to know what they want done with their family business. They don't want that in public information, Uh, especially with high net worth families. They want privacy. And also they don't want challenge because there's a very different definition of fair and equal in an estate. So, you know, if you have a, a child that's always been in the family business, you may give them a higher proportion of that wealth than you made the child that wasn't part of that family business, but you don't want that necessarily publicized or public. And so if you want your wishes met, then a will is not going to assure you of that because wills can be challenged in in every jurisdiction for different reasons. So if your child doesn't live in Alberta, but lives in BC, for example, they could challenge under fairness because they weren't treated in an equal manner. So, you know, you have to understand these dilemmas of what a will's limitation is. And so very, very commonly a will is very good for a very tiny estate, very few assets that you're transferring. But if you have any kind of wealth whatsoever, you truly need a life plan to transfer that wealth properly. I have um, discovered through you the uh, concept of the trust. It's a fascinating concept. It may be the key element in an estate plan for a lot of folks. It certainly is, and it's not a new tool. Um, It's only new to us in Canada because we are just growing up into wealth now. But we've had trusts really for 
hundreds of years. They've had trusts since the 14th century in Old England, for example. And, you know, if we look to history, we can see that trusts work. The evidence is they do. And the reason we can say that is if you look at all the castles, for example, in the royal family, they haven't been lost generation after generation, but there has been divorce and there has been premature passing. But those assets still remain in the biological royal family's bloodline. How? The reason is, is they don't hold the title in their own personal name. Alternatively, hold it in a trust for the family unit, which is just a legal mechanism that we create. It's phantom. We make it up. Um, That's the fun part. It's about your creativity and imagination. So, you know, one of the unique blessings that we have is we can create the perfect child or the perfect member of the family. They do nothing wrong and they're always behaved and they always obey the rules. And it's the host that can hold our family's wealth and make sure it is endeavoring uh, to create the wish that we're wanting for it to flow into the right hands at the right time. The Alter Ego Trust. I love that one. That's a t-shirt. Peter, we'll we'll throw one in for you today. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) Okay, so somebody walks into your seminar on Tuesday evening, May 20th at 7 p.m., sits down in the chair and uh, says, uh, okay, teach me. Where do you start? Well, I give credit where credit is due, Peter. A lot of what we will share in our presentation in the evening is that we're borrowing and begging and stealing from the lovely and fantastic families we've had the delight to work with through the years. Um, Although there are a number of legal and tax tools that we utilize and employ for families, where the creativity really comes into play is that each family will customize how they go about designing properly to meet their family's objectives and wishes and protecting their own wealth and safeguarding their own meaning in their life. And everybody does that in their own unique way. So what we do is we share with families in that evening different opportunities that you have as a family to customize and to design around your particular needs as family. So for example, do you have a cottage? And if you do have a cottage, how do you want it preserved from one generation to the next? Um, Do you have a family business? How would you go about doing that? Do you have difficult situations in your family? And this is not openly talked about, of course, in our community, but it needs to be openly talked about for us to find solutions. So we are bold. Uh, In our presentation, we talk about some of the tough things that families face, like a child with addiction, like divorce. I mean, these are real things that we all face in society. So how do you prevent uh, a negative situation slipping into that family dynamic causing disharmony or jeopardizing the wealth that we've worked so hard for. Well, there are ways and there are techniques that other families have employed that we can borrow from and employ in our own plan. So we're going to look at all of the tactical hard things. We call them the hard facts. You know, what legal opportunities you have, what tax opportunities you have. Those are the important uh, fundamentals you need to understand. But we also will share with you in that position, what are the soft issues that families have found really creative ways Uh, to find solution in their own family, and to preserve the wealth that they have created. The whole idea of the exercise at the end of the day is peace of mind, it seems to me. Certainly, Peter. Most families share with us when they have experienced an estate plan that they should have done it a decade ago. So I find that to be a true compliment to the process. And the reason I say that is they say it creates freedom for them and security. And freedom for the now, not for when they're gone, but in the now, they know things are handled, they know things are cared for, and so now they can go play in their retirement and enjoy from a peace of mind position that things are in good order and in good steed. 
And very sadly, of course, in my career over the last couple of decades, from time to time, we need to employ that plan. And there has never been a family that we've worked with through the years that wasn't grateful that they had put that plan together in a state of calm, is what I call it. They weren't in an emotional place when they were endeavoring to do it. They had those opportunities to have appropriate time in their discussions and really thoroughly lay out what their point of view was in their plan. And so it gives them support in a time of crisis of health or in a time of loss. And there's nothing to say that the plan can't be altered or changed. It probably will be as as time goes forward, particularly if you're smart enough to start at a relatively young age. Certainly that's true. I would say that all our 80-year-old clients are always progressively redoing their plan. And, you know, I only make fun, but we're all just growing up, aren't we? And so we have to be flexible and adjust our wishes and our plans as we go along. We don't know how our grandchildren's lives will unfold. We don't know some of those things. So building in that capacity to be flexible and maneuver with real life is very fundamental to a good plan. And a reminder that the Macmillan Estate Planning Life and Legacy Seminar is Tuesday, May 20th, 7 p.m. To register, you can call 403-266-6464 during business hours or register online at macmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room.